0: Reveille, revely, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life, this
1: is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell.
0: This is Morning Combat.
1: Oh, yeah. How good did that feel right there? The penultimate day before combat takes over on Saturday. It's Morning Combat, your Friday edition, live in Las Vegas.
0: It's bustling behind us, as you can see. There's a whopping zero people here.
1: Look, uh, I'm Brian Campbell. That's Luke Thomas. This is
0: the best damn
1: show in combat sports Period, setting the stage for the weekend to come, which includes Canelo. Plant, Showtime pay-per-view, four belts at super middleweight, a loaded UFC 268 card at MSG. I think we might even slide some Bellator picks on the way out of this show as that'll be heating up in Dublin this afternoon. We
0: should also say we're right by the arena. So this fight for folks who are in New York or if you're an MMA fan, the Garden Arena, not the T-Mobile Arena, is going to be hosting the fight. So the T-Mobile Arena, or excuse me, the Garden Arena is right over here, which means the weigh-ins are going to be right over here So I got here, let's see, about 40 minutes ago or so, right? And there was already a line to get into the weigh ins for the audience backed up to the restaurants here in the MGM Grand. I don't even know what it is now, but I suspect it's going to be a ton of people at today's weigh-ins.
1: This ain't quite Mayweather Canelo, the 2013 Superfight in which you and I met for the first time when the people were lining up at 4 a.m. I remember this because I was coming home from the bar. At 4 a.m. they were lining up to get into a free weigh-in, but there is a buzz this week. We've certainly enjoyed our time here. We're fired up just the same for UFC 268 if you did not. Check our post-press conference reaction to all things Colby, Kamaru. Check that out on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat, where we've got for you this week Canelo Alvarez resume review, Chuck Mindenhall back on the rooftop in a UFC 268 pregame preview, yep. and we did one more special edition of Real Talk, like men do, when we invited Andreas Hale to the lobby of the MGM Grand yesterday in a clip that you can watch right now on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat to break this fight down, to break down uh, life, race, religion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Wow, that was a hell of a no-sell there.
0: No, it was good. Mother effort.
1: It was just
0: weird because we were in the lobby, and then people were like, hey, where the fuck is Canelo? That was
1: the only weird part. And
0: we're like, well, he's not coming. And then they were like, well, then why are you here? We're like, well, that's a great question. We don't really know how to answer that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we just did our best to entertain. That's what we do here. So great show for you today. We want you to wear our merch, morningcombat.store. I'd love to say that I've seen a ton of merch around Vegas this week, but that would not be
0: true. Our audience is... Wearing merch on a, in another city this week, I've a international. You saw a girl in the casino wearing merch.
1: Oh, she, oh, may, she, work she, she
0: may or may not work here. Manich right. is like, right.
1: yo, I saw some chick wearing your shit. I
0: know. Yesterday, one of the uh, one of the nice people from Showtime came up to me and they're like, we have a box of merch. Should we hand them out to the audience? I'm like, I. They don't know who we are. I don't well, know. Well, they will they're...
1: now. They will now, not that they wear oh. our shit
0: everywhere. Uh,
1: it is Friday, November 5th, 2021, if I have not established that. And you want to talk about a date to remember. Uh, I remember my anniversary date. I remember the date MK and DK got together to make shit happen. And that's DraftKings Sportsbook, the app, the, num- you know, the betting partner for the NFL, UFC, and beyond. We want you downloading that app and having a little fun sprinkling a little cheddar. You know, put a little action on top of your action, if you will.
0: But the good news is, DraftKings, they are givers. So they're going to give you a little bit of help. Now, you know, you got to sign up. you got to bet a little bit. you got to make a full wager or whatever. But you can get up to $1,000 in betting credits if wow. you use the code COMBAT, K-O-M-B-A-T, when you sign up. Get the, uh, the, the Sportsbook app. And listen, you've got... Canelo plant tomorrow night, UFC 268, the NFL was last night, the college football. I mean, it's just every major sport. A lot seems of talk like
1: about this Trevor Whitman parlay. If you parlay together wins for Usman, Gaethje, Nama Yunus, it's plus 300. Are you in on that?
0: Uh, that's a good, I like that bet. That's All a good right.
1: bet. Go to DraftKings uh, Sportsbook right now. Download it. Uh, you must make a deposit in order to be eligible That's right. for the bonus, which is up to $1,000 in free credits. But take that plunge. Tell them BC and LT sent you uh, the NBA betting in full steam. You want to do parlays. You want to bet the over-under quarters. Jump in and get it. Uh, must be 21 years old or older in the states of New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in that state of Indiana, if you're a hitch, hick from French Lick, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Well, Luke, we are on it like Joe Rogan. God, every time I make that joke, things happen, right? People groan.
0: As long as it's plugged in, you can just leave it. Is it plugged in? Thanks, cameraman. Yeah.
1: Uh, Luke, anything else you want to plug before we dive
0: into a a great show, a loaded show? So speaking of merch, morningcombat.store is a great place to go to get that stuff. Uh, It's all plugged in. We're good? Okay, great. Um, Do you want to tell people at least about your obscure breakfast that you ate this morning? Uh, This bison? So shouts to, there's a place here in town called um, Protein House. Shouts to Protein House. Food's a little under-seasoned. It needs a little help. Uh, (laughs) Isn't that just the Girl Collection Kitchen? It might be. I don't know. But in any case, they serve, like, uh, you know, real food. Like, it's not super processed. They just kind of bring it to you as such. Though so they ground the bison up a little bit. That's, there's some process there. But then it was just, you know, rice, beans... Veggies. That was it. Everybody's great. walking
1: around like you guys ready for the show. Luke's out here like chowing on bison like he's about to storm the Capitol. It's great. Antoine and Alaska they don't eat, loving sp- it.
0: They, they don't eat storm bison unless it's by accident. Those people were eating Funyuns and uh beef jerky from 7-Eleven. Right. Sure, we've reached a maximum now on comments saying just get to the program yes. already.
1: So that's what we'll do. And of course, 30 days of free showtime, showtime.com. Take the plunge. Right now, guys, I gotta tell you this. You get boxing, you get Bellator, you get the good shit, billions. You get Godfather one and two back on the showtime app this month. I've been I've been taking a journey. Maybe we'll save that for Room Service Diaries.
0: Yeah, we won't. We we're not gonna talk about that on Our Room Service Diaries. I don't <laughs> I don't care about talking about that movie. <laughs> then I slipped into Carlito's DMs but, and all okay, his I, way. I do wanna talk about we'll
1: do this on Room Service Diaries later. Dude. One of these two, I just saw Dune in IMAX, and wow, he's got a lot to say. All, right, all right, let's start with the topic at hand. This camera, this face, this topic, Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant. We've been here all week with you, contributing to the Grand Arrival, the press conference, and also just a little um, heads up. Today, you can watch the weigh-in for Canelo versus Plant on the Showtime Sports YouTube, Facebook channels. And Luke and I will be handling the post-show with one Paul Pierce. That's right. Oh, Wow. NBA champion Paul Pierce, the newest member of the Showtime basketball family, will be joining us today. Do you know what time that that the whole event starts? Uh,
0: that will start 4 p.m. in the East, 1 p.m. Uh, West Coast time
1: After they get off the scales After that face off You're going to see us too With Paul Pierce So check that out But look the story at hand Back on this camera If I can direct this I love this shit right now This is great Yeah I'll just take over That's fine It is Four Belts The first undisputed Super middleweight champion In boxing history And back to this camera The cool thing is guys That we've already Hit it over the head A million times With the storylines With Plants BDE With the September 22nd Press conference Dust up This week, Luke, not a lot of talking. The talking has been pointing back toward this fight. Did you learn anything this week combined? And, of course, one more face-off to go when they got off the scales that changes any of your pre-fight contraceptions? Wait, that's the wrong word. Conceptions?
0: (laughs) How do you know contraceptions wasn't the right word? Oh, because it's an incoherent idea. Um, (sighs) I've had a few conversations this week. I, as you know, when I, just before the Truex fight, I remember you reminding me, hey, you should keep an eye on Caleb Plant. We'll see how things go. If he wins this, he's in the Canelo sweepstakes. And I think this was even pre callum Smith. Uh, it was a, 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 before a lot of things. Um, it was after Rocky Fielding, though. And well, so, after Rocky. Yeah, yeah. So I went and I watched it, and I thought that... Um, I did not walk away super impressed in that fight. Not that I thought it was a bad fight by any stretch, but I didn't think he was like, oh, you didn't walk away from the Truex fight being like, that's the guy to beat Canelo. That wasn't that kind of performance. But I've had a couple of conversations with some folks here this week about the significance of those fights. Um, the, the, The win over Uzcategi, the win over Truex and what some of those mean. And basically, here's what everyone has said in more or less the same terms that it's not like those wins are the kind of win you can look at and be like, aha, you see, if you can beat a guy like Truex or Lee or Uskategi, you can beat a guy like Canelo. That's not the argument. The argument is that against Uskategi, he was a 5-1 to underdog. No one thought he could do it, and he rose to the occasion. It was the symbolism of the moment. The the. the the two title defenses after that were some trash, but then you get to the situation with Truex, and you know the argument is you can't take someone's best performance as truth or their worst performance, or a suit of somewhere in the middle. Especially
1: in a pandemic and all totally, that.
0: and there was no audience. It was just a weird moment in time. They didn't think it was an accurate reflection. And by the way, Truex was never really in that fight either. Like it wasn't the most dynamic performance from Kayla Plant, but it was hardly a bad one. He won that one walking away, almost quite literally. He he got he won 12 to nothing in all three. Yeah, I mean, so. so it was what it was. But you thought you could have put him away. and he Yes. And he just didn't. I don't, I, I, in thinking about that, the argument also goes well, listen, he's, no one who thinks Caleb Plant is going to win thinks he's going to win putting Canelo away. They think what he's going to do is try and steal, and I'm using that word, you know, uh, in a looser term, seven rounds. That's yes. all that he's looking to do. And so the true X fight, while well, he didn't get him out of there, it's not the point. The point is, to your point, 36 different score tallies because right? 12 rounds, 3 judges, and they all came up plant. The point is, can a slick guy like that, who has some of the kinds of skills to give Canelo problems, at least in spurts or potentially for rounds, can he do just enough of that to capture seven and when you hear him put it that way that does seem like a doable task Yeah, the real
1: conversation for me in this and there's been times I almost wanted to pull the trigger on plant by upset because I believed from the beginning that he does have look styles make fights you never know on the right night which style is going to match a purpose perfectly against another style to, to even the grounds right why did Ken Norton have success against Muhammad Ali right like it, it happens at times I want to see if Caleb Plant can make a serious leap that belies his level of experience and maybe is just not representative of what we've seen up to this point. There are certain athletes who rise to the occasion on the biggest stage where you say, wow, why didn't they look like that against that lesser opponent? Sometimes it takes this type of pressure, this type of danger in front of him, we've seen it with Tyson Fury in 2015. Nobody thought he was going to do that to Vladimir Klitschko. I remember when Ricky Hatton was rising on Showtime and he fought Costa Zoo in this big step up. I'm like, there's no chance he's going to take Costa Zoo stuff for 12 rounds and be the well, he did. We've seen it in MMA where guys we think we know how good they are, they go to another level. If there's a clear another level, so to speak, for Caleb Plant. We've got to fight here. That's what you got to be banking on, that. The skills we've seen, flashes of brilliance, they will come along with him when that element of danger, if he's really as mentally tough and ready as we see. But if that doesn't happen, there's going to be a one-sided fight because I think there's an inevitable transaction that's going to take place, and it happens in most Canelo fights, where he downloads the information, and he goes, okay, I know how to counter that speed with timing. I know how to get inside. And once he starts breaking you down with body shots and hooks, Look at what happened to Saunders. The second Canelo started to make that adjustment, two rounds later, Saunders has a broken face and the fight's over. Will that adjustment happen in the first half of the fight if it does long night for Plant, maybe a short night because his aggressiveness may lead to him getting knocked out? But Luke, what if that inevitable adjustment, Canelo's so good the adjustment is inevitable. What if that doesn't happen until round seven or eight or nine? Could Could Plant have enough of a potential lead built up and maybe another gear to fight on somewhat even terms. Because Canelo's going to hes gonna control the second half of the fight if it gets there. We know that, right? Don't yes, we know that?
0: Yes, and also Uskitegi, I think, mm, through rounds... Oh, I should say, after round 9 or 10... Put it, he stepped it up. He's definitely stepped it up. And so I won't say plant fades late. I don't think that's quite true. But it can be true against an experienced opponent who may be feeling like they need to do more. Um, they, can, they can have their way at the end of a fight. I tend to agree with your analysis completely. I think that is... Plant's going to have to put it all together here. Is it doable? It is doable. It is doable. It is very, uh, I won't say very unlikely. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to be very hard to do, but it is possible. It's something that you shouldn't lose sight of. Here's the thing for me. You're asking, what if by round seven, now Canelo's really sort of figured him out, and there we go. What if what if Caleb win, won the first seven? It's hard for me to imagine he's going to capture the first seven. Well, I'm not saying he's going to go you know, sweep the first seven Shut rounds. On him.
1: But if he could be in the lead potentially, which is very hard to Five do against rounds, Canelo. Five rounds
0: two, three rounds, to, or four
1: rounds to three, rather? When Canelo starts putting it on him, could he go the distance? Could he have a say at the table? We don't think he's going to stop Canelo, right? We have no evidence to suggest that that's possible in this in this situation. Right. It's boxing. Anything's possible. Canelo, we mean. Canelo
0: in over 50 fights has never been down, not one time.
1: But could he have a fighting chance on the cards? Because So for it to happen, his speed in rounds one through three, four... It's going to have to be a wide gap. Canelo's going to have to go, oh, oh shit, this, this kid's better than I thought. I'm still going to take my time and figure him out. But it's got to be a wide difference off the start. That's why the first few runs are going to be most important. Because we know Canelo's not going to overextend. He's going to really take his time and try to figure plan out. If that skill gap is – the speed gap is wide, we could, we could see a competitive fight. If it's not, we got to start figuring out what round that Canelo's going to stop him to the body – Or that Plant's corner may throw in the towel to save him. Because I feel like the good thing about Plant is that he's going to go for it by any means necessary, as he says. But Luke, the bad thing about Plant is he's going to go for it
0: by any any means necessary,
1: necessary, like he says. Because when you do that against somebody as great as Canelo...
0: You have to. You have to to compete. But when
1: you do that, you end up looking up at the The lights lights at the end.
0: I will say this. I think if you're an MMA fan, the best analog I can think of off the top of my head about what this might look like in terms of um, offensive tempo, it might look like Jan versus Sandhagen where Jan plays the role of Canelo and waits early and then looks at all the things that Plant is showing him. Because you know Plant... What has Canelo said? Canelo has said, you're not on my level, dude. Yes, like, you think you're good? You're a talented boxer. You have a belt around your waist. You are not on my level. I, I, I have a feeling that, that rubs motherfucker, Canelo, motherfucker yeah. has, rubs Canelo the wrong way, or yeah, excuse me, Caleb Plant the wrong way, and so I tend to think he's going to want to get out there, set the tone early, and I think Canelo might let him a little, a little bit, just enough to be like, show me what you've got. Let's see what's there. And then once he has enough reads, that's when the offense is going to really start getting going. But to your point, does that happen in round four? Does it happen in round nine? Where does it happen, and how effective is that? Again, we tend to think that Canelo will get it done, but um, could be very, the first four rounds to me, maybe potentially six, could be very, very interesting.
1: All right. Uh, I think you know where we're headed. We're both picking Canelo here. Yes. I like him by around a 10th round TKO. That's
0: exactly what I told CBS Sports HQ last night.
1: So my question is then when we look at the odds – minus 1,000 for Canelo, and that's pretty consistent across the board, plus 600 for Caleb Plant. What do you think the bet is in this case? If we think Canelo is going to win, then what's the bet? Because if you throw, are you trying to see if this fight goes 12? Is that the bet?
0: Yeah, I think the bet is what's the over-under on this? What are they pegging it at? I don't have that information it, yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm sure it's somewhere on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But um, that to me, so if they, if they had the over-under at 9 – Right, Because you're thinking 10, but for a bet purposes, what do you like there? The well, I
1: think the bet is, is Plant better than we think he is? Some people have been comparison th- comparing this. By the way, do you remember when Paulie Malinagi went into MSG to fight Miguel Cotto at 140 pounds? Yes. It was like an independent pay-per-view and we're like, Paul's good for Friday Night Fights level, but this freaking Miguel Cotto, do you know what Paulie did? He, he, he got his face broken, but he bit down and he went the distance in a loss. And he compared, by the way, fighting Cotto and MSG to fighting the devil in hell. And Pauly passed that test in a loss and, and kind of won like the respect. There's some people saying maybe that's the best case scenario for Plant. Going the full distance in a mm. loss, but showing toughness and a fighting spirit that he uses this like like Canelo used the Floyd loss, that he could maybe use this loss to, to better himself.
0: Potentially. Potentially. I think If that's,
1: that's a- the case, then you're betting the, you're betting the over. Say again? You're betting the over in that case, if you believe that, because Manich tells us the over-under on rounds is 9.5. Nine oh
0: God, they did it just right with that effing 9.5 call. Um, yeah, I'd probably take the over. For sure, if you're Caleb Plant, he's going to go in there to win. I have a feeling at some point it's going to get down to, well, I'm not just trying to win at this point. Now I'm trying to survive. And uh, if he does survive, how long can that last? I, I, Hale, yesterday when we spoke to Andreas Hale, he is convinced that Canelo wants to not merely punish him but stop him. Like, that's really an active, dead set well, Canelo goal. Canelo is a
1: petty, a petty mofo in a good he way. can be. In a good way, and right? He,
0: competitively. Yes. Competitively, he can be quite petty. Um, I wonder about that. I don't. Usually, everyone's like, "Hey, are you going to go for the knockout?" And the boxers are always like, "Yes, we're going for the knockout." What kind of a question is that? Yeah. But then there are times when you can meaningfully adjust your strategy, especially late in fights, if you have a bit of a lead built up or you know there's momentum behind your back. Canelo, would he would probably step on the gas in that way, take a couple of extra risks to make a big punch happen. And also, we haven't talked about it at all, BC. I just think a big key to this fight is going to be body work. It's true in MMA. It's true in boxing. If it's hard to find the head because the guys are slick, then you go to the body over and over again because that part is hard to get away as easily and nimbly. You can you can move a little bit. You can block, but the body is there to be hit. And Canelo is a tremendous yes. body puncher. If
1: Plant is fighting at the range where he is going to regularly get tagged to the body and he's not able to dart out of there, like flurry and get out. If he has to pay a toll each time, it's going to come due, brother. That tax is going to be heavy. I mean, no spoilers on Godfather 1, but Santino, Sonny, he he paid a big toll. He lost his life at that toll booth. Willie? Oh, God. How good is this Turkish linen, by the way? This is
0: Jesus, this is, uh, take the wheel. This feels pretty good, right? I'm a lot of people wondering gone. if I if I shop
1: at the Uncut Gems store for my clothes. Um, I, I like it. I like the way it looks on me. All right, let's transition. Yeah, and I'm
0: gonna say your Men's Warehouse to the nth degree. No way. This is
1: this is this is good shit. Uh, this camera. Our second topic, of course, is is why a lot of you are here, and that's UFC 268, an absolutely <laughs> loaded return to MSG. In fairness, it's a great card. It's a great freaking card, okay? Canelo's a great fight. Uh, this card is headlined by a fantastic welterweight title rematch duel. Kamar Usman, he's on a hell of a run. You're pound-for-pound pound king. A rematch two years in the making against the great agitator Colby Covington. Luke, we saw, and like we that. have...
0: That, by the way, that should be his nickname. Yes. Instead of, uh, who, was the, who was Ronald uh, Reagan? Not the Gipper, but uh, well, he was that too. But, um, go ahead. But the great agitator. Quite, the quite actor?! No, no, we had a name. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Where's Jay? I mean,
1: come on. That was that was that was that was that was a hell of a pull there. Uh, here we go. Usman Covington, Luke. We saw Thursday at the press conference. We did a reaction video, so check that out if you want to see us in front of. Um, some people thought we had Colby Covington. The
0: great communicator is what he
1: was. That's called. what he was. Some people thought those curtains behind us with that look was very Covington color.
0: I know people were like, did you guys just take off Colby's suit and make it your backdrop? Yes, yes. No, we did not, but it did look and that They way. have a lot
1: of people going, hey, do, do the shades match the carpet? And I'm like, that's completely inappropriate. See, this but
0: is where the show just gets dumb, when you do that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Luke... The time for talk is over. Yes, it is. The
1: time to fight it is. Can Colby Covington escape the narrative that as close as that first fight was in 2019, a fight of the year contender, maybe Dana's favorite UFC fight of all time. We know Usman has gotten a lot better under Trevor Whitman. To his credit, he's the pound for pound number one. Is there a chance Colby Covington has either evolved along with him or has a strategy that we're not thinking about that can make this as competitive as the first fight?
0: I, I went back and I watched the first one and some of their subsequent fights to try and figure that out as well. Here's the deal. Colby and Kamaru have both changed camps under very different circumstances, but something that they could both benefit from in their own kind of way. We all know the story about Kamaru going to Trevor Whitman and leveling up his boxing and some of the ways in which his boxing weaves into his takedowns, and it has been a revelation. Um, And by the way, it should be noted that people who can consistently level up in the way that Kamaru does, like some people can level up for a time or in certain spots in their lives, but this guy just does it seemingly all the time. That matters. In the case of Colby, we just don't have enough tape to really know exactly how he has leveled up. I assume that he has. Um, I said this to the Submission Radio guys, even if he hasn't changed a thing in terms of physical capabilities or general skill level, the other part is, he would also change strategies no matter what. So at a bare minimum, that's gonna be different, and you would have to imagine whatever strategy they employ is gonna be partly a function of Kumaru's perceived weaknesses, but also some of the newer strengths of Colby. To answer the question, I think if you're Kumaru or just an observer, You have to expect Colby to not only do things differently this time, which you would have expected no matter what, but to be very formidable. Dude, you go back and you watch that fight – in the first fight, BC, when they were exchanging through the first three rounds, you saw a lot of stance switching from Kamaru. It didn't do him a lot of good. It was only when he went back to an open stance with Colby where he had a lot of success. Heavy jab. Very heavy jab. Heavy and and the jab was just paying dividends. But also the cross at that point and the, some of the leg kicks he was able to get away with. Like He was also a lot less vulnerable when he was standing in that position. So I'm just trying to point out, I think all of that stuff is going to be cleaned up for Kamaru. On the Colby side, I would expect... You you have to imagine he's going to level up and that the takedown's going to be a key part. By the way, Kamaru Usman's takedown defense, 100%. 100% takedown defensive rate. He's going to look to put put a hole in that, so to
1: speak. There's a feeling I have when I rewatch the first fight, knowing Usman's evolution, that is my fear for Colby, that the first fight was the best case scenario for him to try to win that belt. Meaning if the fight wasn't stopped when it was, when he did have the broken jaw, it did exist. He had the broken jaw. I know, he did. It did exist. Um, That... You know, his best case scenario was to finish that fight and go to the cards with a chance at winning a split decision. In this matchup, I think that may have been the best case scenario for him. And when I transition that to the second fight, I say, okay, Colby, a minus, or sorry, plus 250 underdog, Usman, minus 320. To me, Covington's got to do something completely different. I don't know, come out with some spinny shit, Luke, or do the opposite, which is, if you can't get this guy down, and oh, by the way, nobody has. I don't know how you're going to win this fight. And that's not a disrespect to Colby. I love the motor. Forget the shtick, okay? And there are a lot of people that say, hey, hey, MK, you missed it on your reaction. When Usman brought up Colby's dad and the disappointment, that was the, the death blow. And who won that? Okay, fine. Cool. That's cool.
0: Uh, really? Uh, in regards to the fight, Pe- People Luke, think we missed things. No, no. We, we understood that. It just wasn't. Didn't really hit. That doesn't. Really, yeah, yeah, it's not relevant. But you know but what? Okay.
1: what will hit? If Usman starts stuffing some takedowns, how does Colby win this? I love his motor. I love his aggression. He does come to fight. He actually sold this fight yesterday. That's why I didn't hate the press conference. Can he win this fight, Luke? The the closer we get to it, the more further away I am on this one being anywhere as close to competitive.
0: I would say this. The natural instinct when we ask, like, hey, has Colby improved and because we don't really have evidence, which is not to say it doesn't exist. but We have be- just the Woodley fight, correct? Just the Woodley fight. But Dude, Woodley was in a terrible state of his career at that point anyway, at least for MMA purposes. And, and so, again, how much can you read into that? But people will sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, they'll treat it like, oh, well, because there's an absence of it, it must be because it's not there. And then you go and find a guy in the moment, and then they blow past your expectations in the most extraordinary of ways. That is a very real kind of thing here. But to your point, yeah, how does Colby win without the takedown? I don't know. By the way... I'm not sure how Colby wins with the takedown. Here's what I mean. I agree that if he can't get the takedown, the avenues to victory close very quickly.
1: Unless he's been working with Volkanovski, and we haven't, we haven't
0: seen it, and he's got this chest-leg strike system yeah. set out. Uh, I don't which, think it's Which I happen. don't think he does. But the other point is this. Dude, on the ground, he is a submission threat. He does have some submission wins. But, dude, what is one of the biggest things that's been lacking in the game of Colby Covington since forever? Ground and pound. He does not have very good ground and pound. Now, you can, you can point to the Demian Maia fight, where that's a bit of an exception, but in general, go back to the Lawler fight. He spends so much time working on positional advancement and then forms of control that his hands are always occupied. He threatens submissions, and so you had Lawler constantly having to reach up to his throat to get him off, but they were never serious enough that you... They were serious enough that you, if you're Robbie Lawler, you had to respect it, but they were never serious enough that you thought they were ever close. They were never close, but that's not the point. He just gets you in that in-between. Dude, Kamar Usman's going to be hard to hold down. He's going to be hard to get down. And even if you get him down, how are you going to beat him up with that kind of a ground and pound style? You would have to have overwhelming control on the ground, which, again, dude, I think Colby might be something of a very worthy adversary when it comes to the wrestling, we'll have to see, but to your question was, how does he beat him? How do you beat a guy when grounded and pound's not your best asset yeah. and he's your equal or potentially superior in the grappling and wrestling department? It's a very, very difficult thing yeah. to do.
1: what do you buy? The man who has everything. How do you talk to an angel? These are the questions that will just never, never how go How do on. you
0: hold it close to where yeah. you are? That was such a great
1: show for eight episodes, you know? Great theme song at the very least. Uh, Luke, it's time to pick this. The closer I get to this, as I mentioned, I feel... Usman, Masvidal, two vibes in, to a degree. I think Usman's a better fighter. I think, I'm think i sorry, I think Covington's a better fighter than Masvidal. You put those two together, give me a Covington win. I think Covington's going to let it all hang out and fight and go for it. I think Kamaru Usman's going to stop him in the third round, Luke, and it's going to be easier than last time.
0: Well, let me just go through some of these numbers if I can. They're pretty similar, but there are some meaningful differences. Striking accuracy, 54% for Kamara, which is high. 38% for Colby, which is relatively a little on the low side. Um, they're about equal for strikes landed and absorbed per minute, and defense for striking 57 versus 55%. Here's where you get the difference, BC. Takedowns per 15 minutes. Kumar Usman, 3.27, which is high. Colby, 4.61. Getting the takedown is how Colby wins. Per 15 minutes, uh, he's almost at five. He's almost at five, almost at two around. So, again, ask yourself, how do you, how do you get to the, the, the W without that? I don't really know. Also of note, takedown accuracy, 48% for Colby. Excuse me, for Kamaru. 50 for Colby. It's pretty good. It's about the same. And then takedown defense, 100% for Kamaru Usman. Dude, for a guy who's on his 15th UFC fight, something, I think right around that, no takedowns he's ever surrendered. Colby, pretty good. 75%, but not the same. If Usman wins, this will just continue the move toward
1: all-time great status, to be fair. I mean, we're on that road. We're on that road, right? I mean, he's going to be entering Woodley,
0: Masvidal, Burns, Masvidal, and then Colby again. But, like, but
1: the, here's the key: he's been improving and getting more dominant along the way.
0: This, one question about this. this is what I also said to the the guys from the Submission Radio. I wonder where you come down on this. Folks have said, "Oh well, Leon Edwards is next." Dude, the argument for Leon Edwards getting a title shot is not hard to make. You can just look yes. at the resume. And, and if he beats Masvidal again, but dude, Kamaru already beat him. He yes. already beat him. So, if Chumayev gets a win over Anil Neil so Magnet, where I was does transition. he jump the
1: line and then Kumaru fights him next? Yes, he does. For everything I talked about in Monday's show, where I said, look, he might jump the line right now before having to beat another guy. More likely, he'll have to beat another guy. But I was going to ask you specifically, a lot of people early saying, hey... Uh, Usman not talking about Kamaru at all. What do you think Usman's... Actual- not talking about Chimayev. Uh, so talking about Chimayev. Boy, I am just all over the place. Uh, Usman not Hushed. talking about Hamza at all. What do you think Usman's real feeling right now is about Hamza?
0: I think he knows he's a threat. I think he knows it. I also... I had a talk with a, um, a pretty respectable MMA manager a couple days ago. A very respectable one. And you wouldn't believe how many of his A-list guys are already eyeing the exit. There is something about MMA where the guys want to get in, they want to make a, a decent chunk of money, five to ten million if they can, and then get the fuck out. And they don't want to be there any longer than they have to and be not And not hurt their legacy. Not, I mean,
1: like, yeah. what, what, what Habib has done is so rare, you think it's going to have a, a, a trigger a tr- effect, tr- a ripple effect.
0: Well, I mean, some people are going to be in financially different positions and not have the same <coughs> level of principle that he does about honoring his parents. So I still think that'll be a bit of an outlier. This is, Habib's retirement still feels like the first Michael Jordan retirement where you're like, You're going to play baseball? Really? Are you saying that because both MJ and Habib lost their
1: father during this?
0: Okay, I mean, you're just an animal. You're you're a feral, housebroken animal. That's not a that's Not not housebroken, excuse me. Um, Now I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. What was I talking about? uh, Habib walking away and that it feels like it's... Oh, so to the point, there is a decent chance Usman will try and... I don't know what he's going to do, but I feel like... If he gets out before that fight has a chance to happen, you shouldn't be surprised. I still. I don't think he's he's afraid of him, but it's about, is the training camp worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? This is going to be a hard-ass fight. How much money am I going to make? I think he likes Colby because he knows Colby's going to be a tough opponent, but I think he likes his chances, and he also likes all the press conference antics for what he does for his pocketbook.
1: There's an unknown about Chemayev, which is why I want to see that fight sooner. Like, I want to see it before we truly know who Hamzat is. I agree. That, the entertainment.
0: I want to get. I up. always say this you want to get that one fight, that one contender fight that you're like sold, right? Yes. So, John Jones versus Ryan Bader sold, or even Vera before that, or um, uh, when um, Connor beat Poirier for some people, or, or there's always that moment where you're like, aha, okay, now I know where we are. And for me, the biggest one ever was GSP versus Trigg. When he beat Trigg and blew through him and then got down on his knees and was like, he was like, Dana White, give me the title shot, give it to me. It was this epic moment. And you just like, Okay, that's the guy to fight that's, Matt that's Hughes. The guy. We need Shemaev to get the win to be like, That's the guy to fight the winner. Or yeah, I want to be
1: impressed with their performance. Let's transition to topic three a fantastic co main event on Saturday night. It could lead any card. Anywhere in the world, it's the strawweight division, which always delivers. And we have a title rematch with new champion, again, Rosanami Yunus, against Zhang Weili from China, who uh, I can't dodge this storyline playing a big factor in how I look at this fight for this camp training with Henry Cejudo and the captain, Eric Albaracin, merging teams together to try to make up what was lost in that first fight, which was a first-round finish for Rose via head kick. It was dramatic. It was inspirational. It was a feel-good moment. But I still feel, Luke, like now we're going to enter into the rematch and like the second Ioana-Rose fight, now we're really going to find out who has the edge.
0: That's right. So if you look at the two previous uh, pairs of fights that Rose has had, they've come in pairs, just that. So she had two fights against ioana two fights against Jessica Andrade, and now this will be her second consecutive fight against the opponent, uh, this case, Rose Yunus. Um, but if Yunus. But if you looked at it, every first fight in the three pairings was short, and then the second one was long. Now, we don't know if the Saturday fight will be long, but again, if past as prologue, it will be, right? So if it's going to be longer, what are we going to get? We're going to get something... I think a lot like the Yin Jacek fight, to be quite candid with you. I think it's going to look a lot like what what Zhang Li went through with that one. Again, I just go back to this, BC. It'll be contested at distance. Rose's movement and her hand speed and accuracy is just absolutely brilliant. I still think early she's going to be a big problem. I actually think that Zhang Li is going to have to rally in this one. I think Rose is going to start strong and probably even knock her down, maybe get her back or something. She's going to have to fight out of it. But then she might press the gas a little bit later. But still, dude, I go back to it all that Damage in the Ioannou and Jacek fight. She got her hand raised, but both of them, I think, went to the hospital that night. It was a terribly difficult contest. But Rose sure.
1: also got dropped on her head and bounced
0: back. It she went did. through she hell 100%, against Andrade. so
1: 100%. so Whaley can sort of get right and
0: turn this around. We need to see it, but it seems reasonable. And again, dude, the Henry Cejudo factor. I believe in that. I believe in. The I Henry believe Cejudo in that factor. big
1: time because because yep. the key to victory in this rematch will be offsetting Rose's potential advantage on the feet, which is her, her brilliant boxing and footwork and setting up that head kick from the first one. If Whaley can offset that with well-timed takedowns and then institute what she does great, ground and pound, strong uh, top position, it's not that Rose isn't a submission threat. She is from there, but that's going to help Whaley from the standpoint is I believe this fight's going to go five rounds with ebbs and flows, with with dramatic turns. For So that you, to
0: happen, you believe in the takedown is the key for John yes. Whaley? And when I saw, I like that. Idea. When I
1: saw the influence of Henry teaching her some things that I'm not sure she ever thought of it. And sometimes that's what happens. We have these abilities, but somebody comes along and says, "Why don't you think of it this way instead of this way?" And it just opens up new.
0: I think I saw a little bit of that. In like the, when Dwayne Ludwig went to Team Alpha Male. You had a lot of guys who had similar body types, similar skill sets, which meant they also had the similar kinds of deficiencies. He came along and was like, why don't you look at it this way? And you saw at scale their striking just level up almost overnight. You might have a similar situation like that. Similar to where you were in your career when I met you. You are very confused about the states of our careers.
1: (laughs) Very, I'm really wearing down our our collective staff with,
0: with with just being me. I know. Now you do it. Look at them; they're either on their phone or groaning. Is there one person on staff watching the show? We got a cameraman doing drugs. I mean, that's just a thing now. Well,
1: that's that's a consistent <laughs>
0: thing, to be fair, you know. Wow. We, all right. We got some disease vectors over there. Okay. Uh,
1: okay. All right. <laughs> uh, the odds have it like this, and it, they have fluctuated. But as we speak right now, Rose Namajunas, even money. Li Zhang, Zhang Li 120. Luke, prediction time, I'm telling you, I feel like we're going to a trilogy. Two of the five best pound-for-pound females in the world. I'm thinking two potentially two of the best all-time greats. I mean, this is a great fight. Sick fight. I think it goes the distance, and I think the wrestling will be key in Li Zhang winning a split or majority decision to set up a third fight, I do think she's that great, that tough, that... Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I thought they both won Thursday's way, uh, press conference. They just came out like badasses, sold themselves great, sold the fight great. Are you with me that the odds are so close, it's basically a, a pick-em, but I like Whaley in this one. And I'm a rose guy, you know that yeah, You, you are know I'm the best guy. Oh, after what
0: you were telling me yesterday, you for sure are a rose guy I, See, you know, Luke, there are some things that, that do that See, look, home, there's ESPN in the background You see they, they showed him dropping Colby He did it from the open stance, not the closed There are one.
1: some things that, you know, we should leave outside the cameras I didn't you know say anything else People are like, when are you going to tell that celebrity story? We, we're not um, Great, great belch I mean, look, I love that you love to point out how, you know, in, inappropriate and unprofessional I am, Luke
0: you are inappropriate and unprofessional. But,
1: um, You're over here drinking taurine like it's going out of style. Taurine.
0: <laughs> to answer the question, yeah, I, th- I like Rose, actually. But I do think it's so hard to call. I really believe that. It is It is a great fight, and
1: we can't wait to see it. When you look at Topic 4, Luke, the it's rest. A, uh,
0: by the way, our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook have it as a uh, pick-em. 105 to minus 115. What about our friends at DK, DraftKings? They have it uh, not much different, uh, slightly. Rose Namajunas plus 100, Wai Li minus 120. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Very interesting fight. Uh, you can go either way with those bets for sure. The rest of 268
1: is fantastic, Luke, and as we talked about, it'll be Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler and basically a number one contender fight at lightweight, although Dana didn't really give us a real answer if Islam Mahachev could, could cut the line this fight's great. It's explosive. It is kicking off the pay-per-view card on Saturday night. More for Trevor Whitman reasons, although, Luke, I do believe you're going to start seeing that in the future, this model of let's just pick a great banger and put it to open the card. This is just as great of a fight as you can make,
0: and it's as you not, look... It's not new.
1: Yeah, but it, to be this this
0: focused in doing it, to be this purposeful. Uh, I, think, think, I it, think once you've bought the pay-per-view, it's...
1: Okay. Uh, it's Justin Gaethje, G- minus 210. Michael Chandler, plus 175. Makes sense. Both coming off of title losses. When you get two guys that are going to go for it, and they will, do you pick the guy with the bigger gun or pick the guy with the better chin? In this case, I think Gaethje might be both of those.
0: I don't know so much about the bigger
1: gun. You think in a one-strike situation, Chandler might be a little more dangerous? Who's the harder puncher of the two? I
0: think Chandler's the harder puncher of the two. Gaethje's more, I'll just break you down. But here's what I would say. Gaethje is the overall more authoritative kickboxer. Yes. And while I do think Chandler has the edge in punching power, it's slight. I don't think it's a significant difference at all. I mean, dude, Gaethje will put your lights out. And he did a one-hitter-quitter on Edson Barbosa. Yes, he did. So you know he can do it. Uh, it's just that, again, punch for punch, I'm going sl- to side with Iron Mike Chandler, but um, the question for me has never been about that, BC. It's been about durability. It is amazing to say this, given the damage that Justin Gaethje has taken, but in terms of what it has done to him that we can visibly measure, how much has it worn him down, how much has it threatened his chin... I'm sure he has suffered some degradation, but it was Tony Ferguson who took that epic beating, not him. And in the case of Habib Nurmagomedov, he lost, but he didn't take hardly any damage in that fight. Somehow, I would say, of the two, the more durable, based on what they've shown us, is Justin Gaethje. Yeah, it's true. It's Michael true Chandler. Fact. Michael Chandler was winning that fight and then got dropped. Now, granted, Charles Oliveira is a smooth operator at this point, no doubt about it, but we've seen him dropped a few times. He got dropped by a 145-er in Patricio Freire, who can hit... Like a truck, but still, it happened. These are just things that have not happened in that way to Justin Gaethje.
1: Chandler hits hard enough, and he's aggressive enough. Where yes, he can win this fight. Good lord, he almost beat Oliveira. Good lord, he came that close to winning the title. I love his spirit, but I wonder. uh, I like Gaethje to finish him, and I just wonder, will this go more than a round? Is that the real bet in this one?
0: I don't know. Do we have uh, the odds on this? Does, Does Gaethje versus Chandler? What's the over under? I'm gonna say. If I'm gonna say. Okay, here's my guess. They're going to put the over-under at a round, and I'm going to take the under. Do you think this goes over around? round? It, that's the bet. I think that's the that's bet. Definitely that's definitely the, the bet. bet.
1: I don't know. I don't freaking know. It's hard for me to believe this one goes three. Like, I just. Too, it's too not I going three. Two I, I can believe. I think he's going to get him in the second round. Because Gaethje's going to have to break him down a little with the leg strikes. And, and Gaethje can take some of those bombs and keep coming back. It's going to be a war. Luke, it's going to be a. <sighs> one
0: and a half. I'll one take the under. I'll take the Ooh, under on one,
1: that. On one and a half, I, I would take the under, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Will this be the fight of the night, fight of the year, fight of our lifetime?
0: Fight of our hearts. Okay, okay, yeah. Hey, could our staff be less interested in our show?
1: I mean, um, you know, hopefully some celebrities walk by. We can get them up here on the set, Luke. It's slim pickings right
0: now, all right? Very slim. Do we want to get Mike Coppinger in here and be like, Shut the fuck up, you little, <laughs> 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 you, little prick. you little
1: prick. Shut the fuck up. All right. Uh, Luke, up <laughs> up, and down this 268 card, we've hit a lot of these from a storyline angle. Friend of the show, Billy Q, you're swinging big here against Shane Burgos. <laughs> you're going to go for it. We'll see what happens there. Do you have any good bets on here? We know it's going to be the final fight for John Vellante. He weighed in thick. We know Frankie Edgar, as Chuck Mindenhall said, is, it could be on his way to his final fight. What's the bet, though, on this undercard? To, to back Alex Podeda? To, to make the glory transition and not Gokin
0: Saki RS? I would say um, Shabazian. They got Shabazian as a slight underdog in a couple of places. He has had his troubles. There's no denying it, but he has kind of retooled. I think he's hooked up with AKA. No more Edmund? Uh, so, still with Edmund for striking and stuff. Uh, Nasuruddin Imavov is a good fighter and can wrestle, which is why the odds are very close. He can wrestle. I still think it's worth taking a shot on Shabazi in here. I think this is a doable enough fight for him where even with some of the challenges and setbacks he's faced, uh, he can win this one. I think he will. I think it's interesting that Ally Quinta's is a uh, plus money here against Bobby Green. Close odds. Bobby but Green is a bit of a wild card. He, but he can be. If I told you that you're going to get the best Bobby Green, you'd be like, oh, right, he can beat almost anyone in that I division. Think the bet, I think the bet is Bobby Green here. I, I just have I have yeah? fears that it's over for a Reginald. He's been off for a while. I don't yeah. know what his situation is exactly, but I know he's been off. I mean, off he for had a while. window where he was elite.
1: He took five rounds on late notice. I mean, we got to give him that, you know? He did. He was coming on. Was he coming on at the end? He was coming on. And
0: he, he tuned up Kevin Lee, our, our, the guy that we booked as future world He broke world our champ. hearts. He
1: broke our hearts on that, re- on <laughs> that regard. Um, I don't know if I'm feeling any other specific bets there, but minus 195, Shane Burgos. Billy Q plus 165. We'll see. It's a lot of very close fights on. Yes. Very good matchmaking as well. Uh, Just a fantastic card. Luke, let's go to topic five here. Let's stay efficient ahead of today's weigh in. Uh, We got some quick hitters. And how about this? Triller is looking to rebrand once more. In a very interesting angle of late, we've seen them lose the... uh, the the Teofilo Lopez sweepstakes. I just trillered in my (laughs) my, my Uh, duggaries. We thought they were dead. So here's their comeback idea. I don't have the date in front of me, but they want to go to the Texas Rangers ballpark and put on a show that's not boxing, Luke. That is triad fights, or they're using some lingo to that, where it's going to be a triangle ring with glove sizes that are between MMA and boxing, and they say they have booked for this return card. Mike Perry of BKFC fame, okay. Kubra Pulev, who we last saw challenge unsuccessfully against Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight championship, and Frank Meir to be on in separate fights in which they're trying to merge MMA and boxing together. They're basically copying BKFC but putting in a triangle ring. And the and music it MMA? And the musical guest
0: is Metallica. What is going on here? It's like, it's like, dude, let's put in money in the only place we know how to, which is to book a musical guest, in the way that will guarantee the least amount of financial return. I just I mean, don't, like, I'm not... I love, I love Triller's business model. Hey, we, uh, we are going to keep putting on music acts that meaningfully don't sell pay-per-views, and then we're going to get uh, incrementally more, what do you want to say, uh, outrageously stupid, in the fights that we book, and in some cases, unethical. So I just like great, great business model. Like the the Metallica pivot is interesting. I give mean, me fuel, give me fire, give me tri-fights <laughs> <I desire. laughs> But
1: I I mean this feels like a dramatic, desperate move to go with the try ring and the and the. I mean, will I tune into Mike Perry? You're, you best believe I will, Luke. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's sad, dude. I mean, I just imagine how much money that they have wasted on everything they've done at this point. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I mean? Wasted. Revolutionized the boxing business model because, yeah. like Affliction, they had the stupidity to put on bands during the show. I mean, dude, how many fucking times are we going to have this <laughs> conversation? They're not revolutionizing a fucking thing other than bankruptcy. They're
1: on life support here. This is interesting. Also, reports, Luke, this comes out of the Irish tabloids and the English tab. One of the tabloids over there. This comes out of the tabloids. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to want to talk about this, but the report from the Irish Mirror, one of these damn tabloids, and I'm just screwing up the reference here, but is that Dana White is so interested in Hasbula fighting in the octagon that he's ready to put up a million and a half dollars to make Hasbula versus Abdu Rozik. It's not not happening. Who is the Tajiki singer, small man, but like singer who. It's not not happening. the, the, The Irish tabloids say it is.
0: Yeah, they say lots of things. Okay. They're if, like they're like you.
1: If they actually did this, this is like WrestleMania three when they had the when they had Little Mister T in there I, against I, I, King they, Kong if Bundy. They, if they
0: did this, I might stop covering him. They had
1: me. Lord Littlebrook in there. If they do this, Luke, this is this is James Tony and CM Punk to a yeah. like this is like Wesley Snipes against they're Joe not, Rogan, not, which never happened. But it,
0: it's not, but by, the, by the way, folks don't realize this. There was a UFC. I have to go back and find it where Joe Rogan called out Wesley Snipes on the yeah, air. Yeah. He's like to my friend Wesley Snipes. If you're watching us, watching us right now, let's do this. Come on, um, Joe. Always bet no, on black. They're not going to do this stupid, Dude, the Hasbulla stuff. It's like, hey, isn't it funny when we make fun of people who look different? It's going <laughs> to look like this is Howard Stern, of bre- like Rat Pack shit. Yes. And if
1: you put them in there and have them fight, it's not going to work. It's not going to. It's, it's going to be. It's, it's going to barf- degrade the, the not, brand. It's not going to happen. It's not
0: happening. Happen. Okay. It's not here. going okay. to happen. The other. Re- Oh, no, to I'm not, come I, on, I've Manich. not been hit in the head with a tire iron, Manich. No. But Why how about I the behind-the-scenes drama between Jay lingering? Dude, he's going to come to me. He's like, dude, you know what we should do? We should get those things where they uh, they put the uh, the velcro suits on the midgets, and you can throw them at the wall and toss them. We should do that with uh, Hasbulla. Hasbulla be fun. No, we can just throw Jay hey, off the bridge. Hey, the Manich Jay
1: rivalry because Jay's back this week. Not in MK, but he's lingering and he's he's causing he's stirring shit up.
0: Everyone everyone thinks the Hasbulla thing is fun because they're in on it. It's just you guys making fun of little people. That's what that is.
1: The other interesting bit is we do know Jake Paul is returning to Showtime pay-per-view December 18th in Tampa against Tommy Fury, the younger brother of Tyson, but Shams of NBA fame, Shams, is reporting. We have not yet gotten the, the confirmation from Showtime that an undercard bout being looked at is former NFL running back Frank Gore. Against former NBA guard Deron Williams, what what is happening, Darren Williams? What is happening here?
0: Uh, you know what's funny about that is how how is it that we work here with Showtime, and we're the last people to get the scoop? Doesn't that ever? You don't find that funny? Some, it happens sometimes. It happens. Sometimes happens every time. Wow! Looks like how would I call out my my bosses directly hey, into the camera? Scoop me up, Jesus! Um, I like Frank Gore. I like Frank Gore. Uh,
1: you know what? I I'd He's I'd, a be, beast. I'd be into this. Like, you know, because there's levels to the carnival fights and all this. Listen, I'd be more into this than, you know, than Jake, Nate Robinson. Like, this feels yes. a little bit more like, okay, two novices who are athletes who have different strengths. In
0: that, that, listen, it's like Ojo Cinco doing what he did. It's more or less okay. It's fine. It's, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a thing for them to do for themselves, not because they're trying to be boxers. And, and so it's fine. They're going to go for the knockout, you know. Probably, probably. Yeah. They're, they're going to gas after 45 seconds, even after telling us they've trained for six weeks. You know, it's going to be a thing, but. It'll be fun.
1: No doubt about it. All right. Those are your five topics in a loaded weekend, except for, uh, well, wait, we'll close with Beltor. Beltor's got a card, Beltor 270 from Dublin. Made this solid. afternoon on Showtime. We're going to close with that. Our picks on the way out. Before we get there, though, we've got a segment every Friday. Morningcombat at gmail.com is the email address for your Wednesday fan subs for your Friday. Dead.
0: <laughs> Raw. Uh,
1: uh, uh, uh.
0: The seven different levels to devil worshiping, horses sex, human sacrifices, cannibalism, candles and exorcism, animals having sex with them, camels, mammals, and rabbits. But I don't get into that. I kick the habit. I just beat you to death with weapons and is it equal to flesh. I don't eat you unless the fucking meat looks fresh. I got a lion in my pocket. I'm lying. I got a nine in my pocket, and baby, I'm just dying to cock it. I'm ready for war. He's ready for war. I got machetes and swords for any Brian Campbell who said he was raw. And I forgot how it goes after that. There you go. Big meat. Call me Larry Hoover.
1: All right, here we go. Uh, Dead wrong designed for us to stand trial and take our own L's. And this one comes from Jordan. From Hawaii.
0: The country of Jordan. Oh, no, Hawaii.
1: At one hour and 14 minutes of episode 217, during Have You Seen the Shit? BC asked Luke what he thinks of Jim Miller's new tattoo on Titi. Jim has had that tattoo since his fight with Joe Lozon <laughs> at UFC 155 in 2012 <laughs> and is based on an actual hyena killing lion in a National Geographic documentary waiting on the debut of the drug rug. The drug rug did debut That's and it funny sold out shit. I didn't know instantly. That. Okay, okay, Jordan from Hawaii, it sold out instantly. Uh, yeah, I'll take the L on that. Luke, I'll take the L on yeah, that.
0: Yeah, by the way, I think I had Oh, no, I, last week we had to do all Luke edition of. Yes. So so I think this this one, I'll I'll still have some L's in this one, but you might have a few more. I
1: did that recently with Robbie Lawler. The last time we saw him fight, I was like, what's this tattoo on his back? And then then somebody with me was like, dude, he's He's had had that tattoo for like since Strike Force. Before that,
0: he's had that tattoo since his early days at UFC. I always thought he would get it filled in. He never got it filled in. He didn't care about that shit. Yeah, he just left it. Yo, interviewing Robbie is frustrating, but it is
1: refreshing because he's really like, I don't care about any of this shit. I just like fighting. So,
0: I used to call fights for a, a, a mid-Atlantic... Um, you called Schaub. I did call one of shops fights. It was called UWC Ultimate Warrior Challenge. And they would bring in, as promoters do, like celebrity fight, fighters to, you know, just be there and meet and greet the fans and whatnot. And for one event, they brought in Lawler and Matt Hughes. And I remember uh, Matt was, like, at the weigh-ins being kind of, like, an official dignitary of it, and Lawler fell asleep. (laughs) He sat in the back and then put his hat like this kind of thing and just kind of sat there like this and just kind of, like, tuned out. Yo, he
1: doesn't care at all about the fame side of this, the media
0: side. Zero. I know most fighters don't. God bless him, by the way. Like,
1: not every fighter embraces media. It's not something new, but he just was like, yo, fuck that. All right, here we go. Number two. This is from Greg. The American badass, Brian Campbell, wow, I like that, was dead wrong as all hell on episode 221, when discussing the first fight between Ray Cooper and Mag- Magomed-, Magomed Karimov from uh, the 2018 PFL finals. BC said that Magomed Karimov won that bout by decision, despite him having actually submitted Ray Cooper with Ooh. a guillotine choke and getting the stoppage. Simple mistake, but BC, my man, I couldn't let this one slide. P.S., unless Corey pulls off a close decision win, I'll take Jan via murder. Well, we, it, it fit in the middle there. It was from
0: before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank
1: you very much. Right when you said Corey, I'm like, Manich? Larry Lewis Hoover. Manich versus Jay? Wow. Wow. All right, number three here from Victor and Greg. On Wednesday's October 26th show... Uh, at the 15-minute mark, BC said that Josh Koscheck fought for the UFC title twice. Koscheck fought GSP twice, but only one of those was for the UFC title. Luke, I'll take another L. I'll take that L. You should. That was a non-title affair the first time. I forgot that.
0: Yeah, I, I have a few of those fights in my mind. I'm like, they fought for the interim title. Yeah, you're it's like, like Marlon Moraes, no, former
1: UFC champion.
0: Yeah, he was UFC champion in my mind, and you will never tell me otherwise. All right. Uh, a couple of different people sliding
1: in, Patrick, Austin, Jordan, Mamchi. I fully expect Brian to misconstrue my email address, but that is kind of the point. On Friday's show, October 29th, Brian referred to shoe-faced Antonio Carlos Jr., as Screwface, I should also dead wrong. <laughs> I do that all the time because I'm marked for death. The Screwface twins, you know, hope they're not triplets. Um, I should also dead wrong Luke for not catching this right away, but it's not as if LT was listening that's right, to what I've BC was saying. Out, that's right. I'm a day one fan and follower of the show. I never miss an episode. Last note, Brian, ignorance of science and knowledge gained through scientific inquiry and progress is not a virtue. Did you write that?
0: No, but he's right. People are like, oh, I'm ignorant about this dumb shit. We saw a guy yesterday. He had a big ass shirt on that was like, I'm unvaccinated. I'm like, no, I- he, he said, it said, it was written in the like, um, what's that, uh,
1: that that meme that always goes around with the with the uh, with the NWA. It's uh, straight out. Of, it was like, it looked like a straight out of Compton oh, shirt, but it said, unvaccinated people have rights.
0: Yeah, you have the right to get the fuck fuck away Yo, from and the he rest of like, society. He was like,
1: he was looking for you to actively like make a response. The, the, the I,
0: I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pay you no mind, but I do, sir. I, I do think you're a moron. Just so you know.
1: Wow, I'm I'm taking some else here. Here we go. This is from Patrick and Andrew. You fools! Halloweeners is a Photoshop by a box of chowder who brought you such classics as bologna, meat, seltzer, and birthday <laughs> cake mayonnaise. We got played. That those those. Um, I know, but did it seem so out of? It didn't seem fictitious. No, I'm like I, I could see Oscar Mayer selling uh, black licorice hot dogs. I really couldn't calling them Halloweeners. I know wow. we we're
0: like, wow, this is like patently disgusting, but plausible. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll take
1: that L as well. Uh, Greg sliding in, love the Canelo Alvarez resume review earlier this week. Thank you, guys. Please check that out. We put a lot of work. I know, into we, that shit. Was,
0: dude. That, can we just say, like, doing resume reviews for MMA fighters? Sometimes the fights are like a minute and a half. For Canelo fights, it was
1: so much work. <laughs> yeah, it was sure was a lot of work fights. However, I couldn't help but notice BC was dead wrong—not once, but twice over the course of the video. The first dead wrong for BC came oh while God.
0: discussing. That's John Volante. Oh
1: yeah, bro, he's thick. He's Dude. like, he's like, yo, let's check you out. He's like rampage in Japan right now, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's exactly
0: what he is. Wow.
1: Um, so, Luke, here we go. It came, the first one came while discussing Canelo Triple G. When BC said Triple G came into that fight with a record of 38-0, despite his 37-0 heading into that contest. Okay, I was, I was off by one. The second dead wrong was when BC claimed Canelo uttered the words, Golovkin, you're next, my friend, and faced off with Triple G in the ring after the Amir Khan fight. This all actually took place after Canelo's fight with Chavez Jr. They're correct, Ooh. meaning Canelo was a man of his word, considering he fought Triple G yet. Next, yes, I'll take that L. That was the Chavez fight. Uh, I'd have to look it up to confirm, but if you're right and I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I still stand by that Canelo made Triple G wait two years. Let's not let's not let's not F around there. All right, fair enough. Okay, I'll take that L. Um, this is from Malik at around one twenty eight twenty of the recent show, BC mentions the four kings of boxing as well as the fifth king, claiming it was Wilfred Benitez and that he lost to the other four kings. False. Benitez's most notable victory is over the hands of Stone himself, Roberto Duran, by, by unanimous decision. Correct, I'll take that out. I was sort of referring that Benitez's first loss came against Sugar Ray Leonard, and it was sort of like, you know, he's trying to bust in that group and couldn't. You're right, he did back end that. And look, Benitez, classic Hall of Famer, you know, all-timer. You, you could throw them into those guys and have five kings if you want. Sure. Okay. Uh, this one's from Jordan. Luke in BC, episode 224, two hour, uh, 29 minute mark. Luke asked us to dead wrong him. Luke mentions Usman fighting Alexander Yakolev, which he did. Yakovlev, yes. But it was not on the Lamas Mendez card from Fairfax, April 4th, 2015. Yakovlev, Yakovlev, Yakovlev. Did fight on this card versus Ray Gray Maynard. Maynard.
0: That's what it was,
1: yes. The one you're talking about was a prelim on the Holm Shevchenko card at the United Center. July of
0: 2016. Fair enough. Do remember the fight. Couldn't quite place
1: Keep it. Keep up the great work. Congrats on 101K. Yes, thank you. And that's Jordan from Hawaii. A lot of Hawaiians sliding in. Is that guy the same guy?
0: Sh- dude, shouts to Hawaii. I feel like true or false, we could party in Hawaii. Yo,
1: they're about it.
0: When it comes to fighting, yeah. when it comes to... Like grilling out like solid meats on the outdoors. Like, I'm not,
1: I'm not looking forward to going to the Lava Shack because you never know what's going to happen in the parking lot, but I'll go. <laughs> I've got, I got your six. Come meet a legend. Come fight a legend. Yeah, actually. Uh, okay. Joe, I saw
0: someone say that in the wild yesterday. I've got your six. I'm like, you, you're an exterminator, sir. Can you please stop talking that way?
1: This one's from Joe. Not so much a dead wrong, but I want to call Luke out on his bullshit. Okay. On episode 224, Luke keeps suggesting he has a feeling Frankie
0: will retire. Oh, yes. It's from Chuck. Is he forgetting Chuck yeah.
1: told him this on yes, camera? I
0: literally forgot about that. During yes. the pregame yes. preview show? Fair enough. I'll take the L. I'll take That's the L. That's Joe from Leeds in I was lovely, to, friendly North England. I was trying to launder Chuck Mendenhall's ideas, yes. but I can't because you guys know better.
1: If only Chuck could launder your hairline.
0: What does that? What the fuck does that mean?
1: People get mad at me
0: because I take shots at friends. Didn't you grow up that way, taking shots at friends? Dude, people are a little sensitive. They are. <laughs> I've noticed that. Now you're also weird. You'd be like, "Hey, is not your mom dead tragically? Can we talk about that no, on air?" No, that,
1: that, that, that's, that's not exactly. You go a
0: little too far, but I do agree. Like you'll have like a you know just a everyday joust, and they'll be like,
1: oh, "I am. Where are my pearls?" I need to clutch wow, them. Wow, wow. You're going to get your receipt for that one. I'll tell you that much. All right, the final the, one. From,
0: our, our staff would have to be paying attention to what we're saying for that yeah, to be real. Yeah, not, they're not tuned in. Uh, they don't give a fuck.
1: The final dead wrong comes from David. On Wednesday's show, Brian implied that humans <laughs> and dinosaurs lived in the same time when, in fact... We he, had
0: such a long conversation about this.
1: When, in fact, he was just thinking of the Flintstones. Okay, so... <laughs> I was thinking more of the stacks from Land of the Lost or Land Before Time or whatever the hell that thing was called. Can you Um, tell them
0: the truth about what you actually feel like? Look, I
1: I planted that joke. Okay, I don't I I don't I'm not confused. so for the record, for the record, I get it. you know that
0: humans and dinosaurs were not around simultaneously? I did sort
1: of like misspeak in the moment, and then you and then you were like, "Yo!" And then I just played into the joke, but like, how old is the Earth? Oh, really old but the question is can they cut the earth in half and, and count the rings and find out how old it really is you mean like you know? a tree yeah can they do that that's <laughs> bullshit that tree ring shit that's some, some scientific it's pretty real it's pretty but real actually they're like but... they're like oh we've discovered uh that there's Did you see the new thing they discovered that there's fluoride in a distant
0: universe but nobody know that the
1: same fluoride that we have in our teeth and um I, do they do they really discover that
0: i don't know if they discovered that but how old know. is the earth Billions of okay,
1: years, very good. Luke. All okay, right, very all, right. Good. all right. Our my people, they they were not in the Mesozoic era. My people did get Mesothelphelia, though. All right. So shout out to asbestos <laughs> right there. Right. <laughs> shout, shout out to cancer. <laughs> wow. Uh, we have had a pleasure bringing you content this week, and it doesn't end here. If you didn't catch resume review. Pre-game preview with Chuck Minnenhall from the rooftop. Pre-game preview with Andreas Hell from the Lion inside the MGM Grand uh, Lobby. Check that out at YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. Guys, tune your watches to this because the weigh-in is coming on Showtime
0: Sports YouTube and social channels at... What time? The weigh-in? For Canelo Plant. Yeah, It'll be at 4 p.m. in the east, 1 p.m. in the west.
1: As soon as they get off the scales and face off, LTBC... And Paul Pierce of Showtime basketball and NBA fame. Good, I'm a Celtics guy. Do you know how much I have to talk about him? About wheelchairs, about a lot of stuff. And I'm not right? a
0: Celtics guy, but Paul Pierce has the greatest. Yeah. He, is, he yeah. is the architect of the greatest moment in Wizards. I won't say Wizards history, but the Wizards history since the last 12, 15 years. Since George Murison. Dude, George is still living in the area. His son Yo, George now. was good. His body just Dude, broke down. if you go to the Wizards games or if you're, like, a, his son went to, a, I think, DeMatha, which is a famous high school in the area. Very famous. Yeah. Coach Wooten. Started out in DeMatha. Uh, you'll see big George around town. He mm. lives there now. He just he set up residency. Good, good for him. I love George.
1: All right. All right. Um, and we've got you covered after Saturday night's fights. You best believe that with not one, hey, but Are we
0: going to do, do a reaction to the UFC weigh-ins today? I think we have to.
1: Check out we did, for we that didn't plan today. It. We
0: need to. We need to
1: check out for that today. Saturday night we're gonna have reaction pods shows. Mk to both Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant, and UFC 268. You best believe that shit. And don't forget this afternoon you can also catch Bellator 270 from Dublin, Ireland. 2 p.m. East, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can on listen, Showtime.
0: Showtime.com. 30 day free trial. Now is your chance. You can get it. And you get boxing, Bellator, and Billions, the three Bs, so, plus a whole lot of other shit. So let's
1: cl- instead of tips, let's close with this. Bellator 270 is is pretty soon. Let's go right into this, Luke. A lightweight title bout in the main event. Pipple gave up his belt. His brother, I'm sorry, Patricio gave up the belt. His brother, Patricio, will get the instant rematch with Peter Quilly of SBG fame, fighting in his own backyard. Quilley got a second-round doctor stoppage win when they fought earlier this year. Yet, is Patricki Luke still the betting favorite? Where are you going on this lightweight title ball?
0: I will go with... Um, yesterday I said Queeley, but I'm going to be a backtracking douchebag. I, here's the thing. I think Patricky should win this one. I really do. He's more dangerous. He's more dangerous, but he takes more risks. And he gets hit a lot more than his brother does. And, and for that reason, it's like, okay, I believe... I believe in Petriki's offensive firepower, no problem. It's great. But the defensive issues and the hit ability, it's like, even in fights he should win or should do better, sometimes he gets tuned up a little. That's what happened in the last one. He took those elbows when he wasn't supposed to be. They cut him and they called it. So it's like that's why we're here again.
1: He does have a track record of coming up just short. The two tournament Several final times. losses in Bellator, times. then the vacant title bout with Chandler, where he got sent to the depths.
0: Peter Quillly has a lot of openings himself, and for that reason, I think Patricki's firepower will probably win the day. But it should not surprise you at all if Peter Quillly wins again. Uh, I got Patrici. I think the, the give me the five round window. He's got it's it's going to be a big
1: task, but I think that as we've seen, the Pitbull brothers are different in that regard. I mean, they're savages. They're going after it. Okay, this is his moment, Luke. He's thirty five, Patrici. He's kind of lived in his brother's shadow of late. This is his moment. This is his time. Give me that. I
0: still think that the winner of this, you got a you got a date with Usman Nurmagomedov, so don't get too comfy. AJ McKee is coming too. Okay. AJ McKee versus Usman Nurmagomedov
1: for the Bellator lightweight title someday. Someday, Luke? It's
0: yeah. could be great.
1: Okay, the Coleman event, it might be the best fight on this card as Patchy Mix, former title challenger, goes into the den the backyard, I want to say the den of sin. I think we're sitting in the den of sin right now. He goes into Dublin to fight James Gallagher. Came up with SBG. He's been fighting with James Kra- Krause's crew recently. They're going to merge the teams everyone, together.
0: Everyone thought we were talking about, well, maybe you did, like uh, with Gallagher, You know he's not at SBG. He's with Glory MMA and Fitness. But, uh, that's why I'm saying, merging teams. Yes. But, guess who will be in his corner for this
1: one? Krause? Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh will be the main guy in the corner. Yeah, so he's he reuniting with his with team. Yes. But they're going to have members of the Krause team with the team. They're bringing them together. Gallagher, this is his step-up opportunity. He's bounced back beautifully from that one loss against... Ricky Bendejas. And he has looked great. If he's going to be a legitimate title contender in this very stacked division at Bantamweight, he's got to beat Patchy Mix. Here's the problem with Mix. He missed weight. Yep. And his team, including Jake Shields, his coaching staff, was unable to travel due to vaccination issues. So that has to play a part when you're already going into your opponent's backyard your team's not with you you missed weight this this could be an uphill battle for patchy even though odds wise it's a very good fight very close
0: so who does he have cornering him I don't know Jake's a good coach Pat, Pat I, I saw, we, we saw patchy mix when we went to high rollers remember that he was yo remember I stopped him I was like
1: yo 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 beat that shit like, to, like beat that
0: ass and he was just like he was like yeah get the fuck away from me <laughs> I mean, Um, they were
1: handing out gimmicks. It was, you you couldn't even see each other through the smoke.
0: You know, know, dude, Jake's a great coach. He was a great fighter. I'm sad to hear that he's not there. I wish these guys would get vaccinated. It's really, it's not a big fucking deal, but they make it one. Um, I don't know who's in his corner. I still think Patchy Mix is a really tough customer for James Gallagher because he's better. Where James has shown to be good on the ground, Patchy is better. Uh, But the weight miss ain't great. It's a couple times I think he's had that issue. Dude, this crowd is going to go sick if Gallagher has for moments. Forget winning. If yeah. he has
1: moments. 100%. So I, I got I to gotta take him. The Strab animal Really? You I got to go, take the Strabanimal. He's animal. a
0: nice kid. He's only 25. I, th- I think going to Glory MMA and Fitness was a smart call. Dude, James Krause is a beast of a coach. I'm going to go patchy mix though. I I feel like I haven't seen enough growth from James to be to comfortably pick him against patchy mix. But I will say that the weight miss and the lack of the coaching staff that ain't that ain't great. That ain't great. Uh Daniel
1: Vichel and Pedro Carvalho, not a bad undercard fight on that as well in the main card.
0: Uh yes, Daniel Vichel the forever guy who's Good in that division, not great, unfortunately, yeah. but um, he's a tough guy to beat. It's a former title challenger there. There's also uh, like a, a debuting kickboxer on that card. Manish, Ilias. what
1: time does that Bellator fight card start, the main card on Showtime, only on Showtime, where, of course, you can get 30 days free by going to Showtime.com right now. You can you can watch Godfather 1 and 2. You can watch Billions. You can watch a lot of really good shit. Uh, I think, actually, Stack and, not Stackhouse, Stack yes. and Matt the, Barnes. The Matt Barnes, who played the basketball. I think all the smoke's going to, like, big showtime i
0: saw some commercial for that yeah i mean when they i mean listen if you look at their podcast numbers i mean Dude,
1: doing great shit 5 p m eastern is bellator 270 2 p m pacific so get that tuned up get a split screen going the second screen you're going to be want, want to be on showtime sports is YouTube, and social channels the same time. 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern for today's weigh-in. Canelo versus Caleb Plant. We will be handling that post-show duties with one Paul Pierce. You're not going to want to miss this shit. You know how BC gets down. Check our shit out. Wear our merch. Follow us below at these things right here. Okay? Fuck. Don't do that. They get bitter. Uh, don't do they that. Do they get, get very bitter. upset. They get, wow. Yeah, they get, yeah, wow. wow. Fucking, that woke them oh, up. Oh, oh, oh wow. you're paying wow, attention. Wow, wow, oh. that, that woke up a dead room. Wow. Okay. Uh, for the great Luke Thomas, I'm BC, the American Alpha. Our, to our fantastic staff from Showtime, Malco Sports, CBS Sports, all the all the people that pay us good money. And it's getting good. It's getting good. I mean, the money's getting pretty good, right? It's fucking good. Money. Yeah, when the
0: checks show up. On <laughs> yeah, time. it's
1: good money. It's good money. Uh, we are signing off for now. Uh, Luke, you got any special
0: message to people? To Spa. Their- room, room service diaries will be recorded tonight. It'll be up tomorrow morning.
1: People are like, "Yo, you guys are showing out. It's showtime, bro." Okay.
0: What does showing out
1: mean? It means we're we're flooding. The w- we are just putting shit out there. You know what I'm saying? We are prolific. showing off. We are content providers. When you know? I was a kid,
0: it was showing off. They all of a sudden just changed it to showing out. Yeah, don't, I don't, know don't why. be old. In, 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 I am old. I am old.
1: All right. Uh, may all of your uh, uh, ex-lovers be spayed and neutered. We are Morning Combat. We love you. I like that one better. Okay, take care of this. We out. Peace. <laughs>